you take your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to read beginning in verse 5. We're going to read down through verse 13. If you want, you found it, if you could stand out of respect for the reading of God's word. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse 5. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then ye are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much more rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Wherefore lift up the hands which hang down, and the feeble knees, and make straight the paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we begin this evening's message. Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity to open your word. We thank you for the lessons that it teaches us. And Father, we ask tonight that you would open our hearts to what you have for us. We ask that you would help us to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading in our lives. And Father, help us to be obedient to that leading. Work through this message in ways that only you can. We ask this all in your precious name. Amen. You can be seated. Tonight we're going to talk about the blessings of chastisement. Now, saying the blessings of chastisement is a bit of an oxymoron. No, I'm not calling anyone an oxymoron. I'm saying it is an oxymoron. An oxymoron is simply a literary device where two opposite words are used together. For example, jumbo shrimp. He's a little big. Those kind of things are oxymorons, two opposites that work together to portray a message. Well, the blessings of chastisement, for anyone who's experienced chastisement, I feel like we can confidently say that it doesn't feel much like a blessing. I know growing up, I was chastised by my parents. Most of the time it was fair. Most of the time, I deserved it. Okay, let's be honest. It's me we're talking about. I pretty much always deserved it, and I probably got away with some things where I should have been chastised. But when it's happening, we don't think of it as a blessing. But Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 13, present chastisement in a way that really teaches us that there is a lot of good that comes in chastisement. And so tonight, very briefly... I want to go through this passage and I want to show you three blessings that come as a result of chastisement. Now, I apologize. This is not overly alliterated. I know that you guys are used to that, but this one's not happening. I tried my best. It just didn't work out this time. Um, So as we look at this passage, we need to first be, before we even get into the blessings of chastisement, we need to understand what chastisement is. 
and what it's not really. To start with, I want you to understand that chastisement, when we talk about chastisement, we are not talking about punishment for sin. Okay, I want, it is very, very important that we understand this. Um, for the Christian, the punishment for sin has already been paid for. In fact, Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Um, in fact, John writes it this way, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So condemnation has already been taken care of. Because my sin doesn't bring me back into condemnation, it means that my sin doesn't cause me to lose my salvation. Okay, I want you to understand the Bible teaches very, very clearly that there is nothing in all of the world that can take your salvation away from you. It makes it overwhelmingly, abundantly clear. Statements like my sheep, in John chapter 10, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. Makes it overwhelmingly clear that once you're saved, once you're placed in God's hand, there is nothing that can take you out, including yourself. Okay? So when we talk about chastisement, we are not talking about condemnation. We are not talking about the punishment or the penalty for sin. That has already been paid in full by Christ on the cross. So if we're talking about chastisement, what are we talking about? Chastisement is the means by which God teaches his child or brings his child back on to the right path. Okay, I believe that chastisement is individual. Simply meaning that what is chastisement for you is different from the way that God may chastise me. Let me give you a very clear biblical example. In the book of Jonah, Jonah is a prophet. Jonah disobeys God. God says go one way. Jonah goes the complete opposite way. Jonah is not even figuratively, literally on the wrong path. So God sends a storm on the seas. They chuck Jonah overboard. Jonah gets swallowed by a whale and lives in the belly of the whale for three days and three nights until he repents and the whale spits him back out on land. That's a very rudimentary, quick summarization of the book of Jonah. Okay? What was Jonah's chastisement? You see, what was the means by which God brought Jonah back onto the right path? And it's the storm and the whale. Okay? That is what chastisement is. I'm not saying that if you sin as a Christian, that God is going to send you to live in the belly of a whale. Okay? What I'm saying is that chastisement is simply the means by which God brings his child back to the right path. Okay? And I do believe that is individual. Okay? I, I believe that the way that God has to work, with, work on Brother Gene is different from the way that God has to work on me. Okay? Um, 
Brother Gene is probably much more easygoing and probably far less stubborn, and it will probably take far less for God to get Brother Gene's attention, whereas I tend to be very thick-headed and stubborn, and it takes major things for God to get me to go, oh, wait a minute, maybe I'm wrong. Okay, guys, it's Wednesday night, okay? Lighten up a little bit, okay? It is okay to laugh at me. I am pro-self-degrading humor, all right? Um, so if now that we understand what chastisement is, what in the world are the blessings of chastisement? From Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 13, let me show you three very simple blessings of chastisement. Look with me again in Hebrews 12, verse 5. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. There's a really important couple of words in this that scream our first um, that scream our first benefit or our first blessing of chastisement. Um, do you notice? Sorry, well, let's read verse six. We'll go along with verse six. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Ready? Chastisement demonstrates God's love. It demonstrates, chastisement demonstrates God's love. Notice according to verses 5 and 6, who is the one who experiences the chastisement from God? It says in verse 6, for whom the Lord... Okay. Now, I know that I'm not normally the responsive guy. I normally know, know that's normally pastor's thing, but we're going we're gonna to try it tonight, okay? For whom the Lord... So the person who experiences the chastening of God is the one who God loves. So if you experience chastisement, guess what God is trying to show you or trying to demonstrate to you? He is trying to show you, he is trying to demonstrate the fact that he loves you. Um, a lot of this is, is very clearly seen to us in the earthly father, earthly child relationship. Um, when a parent disciplines their child, or when, when a parent chastises their child, they don't do that because they hate their kid. In fact, if a parent hated their kid, they wouldn't chastise him at all. Because if I let you go your own way, without, and it's a wrong way, and I don't do anything to direct you right to back to the right path. Do I really love you? I'm letting you walk a road to destruction. So if a person, if a parent chastises their child, they're doing it because they love them. Okay, so for all the kids and all the teens in here, let me make real clear to you. That your parents don't discipline because they hate you. Quite the opposite. Your parents discipline because they love you. In the same way that that statement is true, when God chastises his child, God is not doing it because he's a mean bully. God is not doing it so that you understand that he is the one who's in control here, that he is the one who's in charge here. He... God is not doing chastisement because he wants to be mean to you, because he wants to hurt you. God is not chastising you because he hates you. In fact, 
When God chastises you, it is quite the opposite. God is chastising you because he loves you. Now, does that mean it's enjoyable? I imagine a whale's belly smelled really bad. I cannot imagine that it was a pleasant place to be. So when Jonah ended up in that whale's belly, did he do it? Did God do it because he was mad at Jonah and he wanted to make sure that Jonah suffered for what he did? No. He did it so that Jonah would make the right choice. He did it so that Jonah would get back on the right path. So when God chastises, God chastises because he loves. So the first blessing that we see of chastisement is chastisement demonstrates God's love. If you're here and you're under the chastisement of God, while I understand that it is not pleasurable and while I understand that it is not fun, please be encouraged that you are experiencing the chastisement of God because he loves you. So the first blessing we see is the fact that chastisement demonstrates God's love. The second blessing we see is that chastisement, chastisement, I forgot which word, I declares, declares. I, I, I tried the D's. I tried really hard. Chastisement declares our relationship. Look again at verses 5 and 6. And we're going to read further, but you can see it pretty clearly in 5 and 6. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then ye are bastards and not sons. So he makes it very clear here that if you're experiencing chastisement from God, chastisement from God declares the fact that you have a relationship with him. Chastisement from God not only declares that you have a relationship with him, it really defines what that relationship is. God is the father and you are his child. Now, I don't know what that does for you. Like, I don't know what that father-son relationship or that father-child relationship, and I don't know what images or what feelings that conjures up for you. I have a phenomenal relationship with my dad. Now, um, it was not always that way. I mentioned again, I was a little bit stubborn. I, I, I can see the shock on all of your faces that I was stubborn. I appreciate that. I was stubborn. I was hard-headed. It took a lot to get through to me. I was the type of guy who stubbed his toe multiple times on the corner of something before he finally decided to move it. Okay? Um, I was stubborn. So my relationship with my dad was not always great. But the truth is, I've got a great relationship with my dad because my dad faithfully made sure that I was trying, he was, that I was, on the right path. We'll put it that way. He faithfully made sure of it. Um, but you know, he didn't do that for everybody. I had a best friend in high school. Um, one of those relationships where we were together all the time. Like, we worked at the same place. We went to school together. We played sports together. I, I mean, if we weren't together, if, like if we weren't at something organized together, uh, we were together outside of anything organized. Like, I, I can honestly say that there was one summer where we spent every single day of the summer together. In fact, 
one set of parents would get sick of us, send us away, and we'd go stay at the other one's house. And we'd stay there until they got sick of us, and we'd just switch back and forth the entire summer. Um, he calls my parents dad and mom. You know what my dad never did to him? Never chastised him. You know why? Because no matter how many times he called him dad, that's not his son. And it's not his place at that point. Because that relationship's not there. If you're experiencing the chastisement of God, God's dealing with you in that way because you're his child. Now again, I go back to saying this because I'm going to try to pound it into our heads. Doesn't mean that it's always enjoyable. Doesn't mean it's always fun. It's always fun. It doesn't mean it always feels good. But I can rest and be confident in the fact that when I'm experiencing chastisement, God's dealing with me as his child. One of the reasons I love this passage is because it really drives this point home. Look again in verse 5. On two separate occasions, in in verse 5, we see this referred to. Uh, Notice in the middle it says, my son. And right before that it says, I speak to you as unto children. Again, further in verse 7, says, if you endure, if you endure chastening, God dealeth with, with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? If you didn't get it there, verse 8 makes it remarkably clear. If ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, meaning everyone experiences chastisement. Every Christian will in some way, shape, or form at some point in their life experience the chastisement of God. We all will. So if you're one who has not experienced the chastisement of God, look what it says. Then are ye bastards and not sons. The simple idea being, then your parent, then your father is not God. The the emphasis on that relationship in this passage is so important and is driven home so clearly. Um, And then it goes on in this passage in verse 9. It describes the difference between the earthly father relationship and the heavenly father relationship. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us and we gave them reverence. Shall Shall we not rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. The simple idea... Earthly chastisement from a father is not an, a weird concept. Like, it's not surprising to us if a parent has to chastise a child. Doesn't take anybody... Anybody in here who has had children knows that at some point in their life they had to be chastised. Okay. Um, I have a 10-year-old and a 6-year-old. They're wonderful children. But at some point in their lives, they've needed to be chastised. Okay, like, it's, it's just reality. And that's not an odd concept. It's not a novel concept. It's not weird to us to think of a parent chastising a child. And it's saying, if we think of that as common, if we think of that as normal, why would we think any differently of the heavenly father to his child relationship? Ch- chastisement is normal. It's that relationship between man and God that demonstrates or declares the fact that if you're experiencing this, 
Hey, I know it's not pleasant and I know it's not fun, but it is a testament of the fact that you have a relationship with God. And I can tell you that even though it's not an enjoyable spot to be in, knowing that I have a relationship with God is unquestionably a blessing. Even if it's a tough time, even if it's a chastisement, even if it is a painful time to go through, it is a blessing to know that I am part of the family of God. So, very clearly, declaring our relationship would unquestionably be a benefit of chastisement. Let me give you one more, and I've, I've kind of mentioned this multiple times tonight, and, and, but we'll really drive it home right here. Uh, look with me in verse 11, well, verse 10, and then we'll read through the end of our passage in verse 13. For they verily, speaking of earthly fathers, for they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight the paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. So as we talk about the blessings of chastisement, we see that it demonstrates God's love. We see that it defines or declares our relationship with him. And finally, chastisement directs us to the right path. I want you to understand something. There is a purpose to the chastisement of God. There's a reason for it. And when we understand what caused the chastisement of God, we understand the reason for the chastisement of God. Okay, so what causes the chastisement from God? What causes God to chastise one of his children? Well, frankly, it's sin. When there is sin in the life of a believer, then God has to chastise him. Okay, sin is anything we think, say, or do that breaks God's law. I'm sorry, I still use the children's version because it works, okay? I mean, I don't care if you're five, I don't care if you're 55, you can understand this. God set rules, God set bounds. When we break those rules and bounds, we sin. I don't care if it's something you think, I don't care if it's something you say, I don't care if it's something you do. If you break God's rules, you commit sin. When you break God's rules... When you sin, you essentially step off of the right path and move on to the wrong one. Okay? So all of a sudden, I've got this sin in my life, and it is causing me to walk this wrong path. Because God loves me, and because I have a relationship with him, God doesn't want me on this wrong path. So what he does is he chastises us, so that it redirects our behavior, it redirects our thoughts, it redirects our words, it redirects our actions to come back to doing that which is right. Essentially, it's this. God's chastisement brings about repentance. Okay? Repentance is a, a word that's thrown around a lot. That is a very simple meaning that it often gets con convoluted in theological discussion. Repentance is simply a change of mind that results in a change of action. Okay? Think of it like this. 
It's like I'm walking this way and this way is bad. Repentance says, stop what you're doing, turn around and start walking the right way. Okay? Um, that's what chastisement does. Chastisement brings us to a point of repentance so that it directs us back to the right path. Look with me again in this passage as we see some of these words that pop out. Um, It says, but he for our profit, in verse 10, but he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, sin, in a very simple way, is unholiness. God is perfectly holy. God is 100% separated from sin. So when sin enters into God's whole, or into holiness or into an idea of holiness, it ceases to be holiness and becomes unholiness. Okay? I know that that sounded really weird coming out of my mouth, but simply sin pollutes holiness. So thus, it is no longer holiness. It is unholiness. Okay? Reading on. Now, no chastening, for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. By the way, I love that God acknowledges this. Did you catch what he says? Hey, it is not fun to be chastened. It is not enjoyable. In fact, it's grievous. It's very miserable. But look what it does. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Okay, again, really deep here. When sin comes into what's supposed to be righteousness, that which is righteousness becomes unrighteousness. Okay? Sin is simply unrighteousness. Reading on. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet, that lest that which be lame be turned out of the way, and, but rather let it be healed. Okay? Uh, here we have a bit of an illustration. Sin leaves you lame. Repentance brings about healing. Do you catch the words that are being used here? You see, sin destroys. Sin makes miserable. Sin puts you on a bad path. Chastisement puts you back on a right path. It brings holiness. It brings righteousness. It brings healing. So the entire purpose of chastisement is to take one of God's children who are going down a bad road and bring them back to the right road. And again, I love the parallels here between um, earthly parents and our heavenly father. If I see my child riding his bike in the street and there is a car coming, you better believe I am going to do what I've got to do to get that boy back on a safe, good path. Right? I mean, that's simple logic. I do not want my son to be run over by a car and be flattened. That is not a good day. That is not a good end for him. It results in death and destruction and misery. By the way, that's what sin results in. Death, destruction, and misery. So I will chastise. I will remove him from there and put him back on a right path where he is safe and can have fun. 
If we believe this on an earthly sense, and it makes simple logical sense in an earthly sense, why would it not in a spiritual sense? Do we think that God wants us to live a miserable life? In fact, he flat out says from his own lips the opposite. John chapter 10 tells us that Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. He didn't say, hey, I want you to have life, but the course of the life, it's going to be miserable. It's going to be awful, but hey, you're going to have life. He says, I came that ye may have life and have it more abundantly. God doesn't want you to be miserable. You know who do, does want you to be miserable? Satan. Literally, God says things like he is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He says, the, key, the thief cometh not but to kill and to steal and to destroy. Hey, the wrong path that Satan wants you on ends in nothing good. So when God chastises you, yes, it's unpleasant. And yes, it's un, it doesn't make you happy. But what it does is it removes you from that bad path and it puts you on a right path. So that you can live the life that God intended you to live. So that you can have the relationship with God that he intended you to have. We talk about the blessings of chastisement. I've yet to meet a kid who enjoys being disciplined or chastised by their children. I've yet to meet one. If you've got one, I want to, like, I want to shake their hand. Like, or please tell me your secret. I, I've yet to meet a kid who enjoys discipline. Adults, as I've talked to them, who have experienced that discipline, look back on their childhood and they say things like, I am so glad my parents had blank rule. I am so glad my parents did blank thing to keep me from doing that which is wrong. I gave them a nightmare while it was happening, but looking back, I see how good it was for me. The goal of looking at chastisement briefly tonight is to get us to that same spot with God. To get us to that spot where I go, you know what, when I sin, the chastisement that I experience is not pleasant. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. But I recognize it is necessary to get me back on the path that I'm supposed to be walking. And because it always brings me back to where I'm supposed to be, I can be grateful and I can see the blessings of chastisement. 